When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, cowboys and cowgirls, to another episode of Ingles and Ian, a CowboysRifeForFree.com pod.com podcast. I don't even know. I'm not even going to try it again. It's the third time. I'm not push doing through. it again. Screw Just push it. through. But again, as always, your good friend and mine, the prefect of Perkins Road, Mr. Ian. How are you doing today, buddy? Hi, that's a good one. I'm good, man. Uh, the worst, the worst thing I ever did was start this alliterative stuff with you like <laughs> we're on episode 30 it's getting hard to come up with titles <laughs> i never said you had to keep on going with it man you can stop it anytime <laughs> the audience expects it right like, you know do one for the show so yeah, yeah doing I, it, I, man? I i'm doing good i'm really excited for softball to start and we'll we'll tackle that later on but First pitch is in about what twenty minutes or so out in the desert. I think it starts at seven. I thought it was seven thirty, but either way, it's either just started or just now, or will be starting soon. Seven, seven our time. Yeah, my my time. Sorry. Oh, seven your time. That's so. It's yeah, eight art. Yeah, I'm East Coast. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah bona fide like, national contenders in softball. It's going to be Bedlam's going to be interesting, and this tournament's going to be interesting because we play number twenty three and number thirteen in this tournament um, or whatever round. I don't, I don't know if it's a tournament, but it's something where a lot of teams are there that aren't just you know Pac twelve. Yeah, I mean Duke is a phenomenal team. Yeah, they're number 13, according to the NCAA rankings. And the Sun Devils, who they're playing tonight, are number 23. So we should get a pretty good handle on how good these girls are real soon. Yeah. I mean, it's it's them, and it is the um, – shoot, Arizona State. Both, both of those teams are going to be really good teams, I think, both of them were national seeds, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to, to watch uh, them play. Same with baseball. we got the Diamond Sports coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's, it's going to be something, man. I'm excited. I've been looking at the calendar. There's a, there's a stretch in like late March. I'm like, maybe I'll just take a flight to Stillwater and just watch softball for four days straight. You got it. It's, it's going to be awesome. It is. So this is one of those weird things about like softball versus baseball. So I'm still relatively new to the softball world. Like, like three years ago, the women really did well and they made a push. And so I started, that's when I really started watching, you know, college mm-hmm. softball. It they're playing five games in three days in four and two. And that is just bonkers to me. Like I'm so used to baseball where if a pitcher pitches, he can't pitch for another four or five days. And, you know, there's some women who can pitch both ends of a double header. It's just the, the, it's just the physics are all weird to me. And it's just crazy. 
Um, so like the way they pitch, it is um, the way they do it. It's just more natural, and that's how they're able to do it. It's it's such a weird thing, but it's so cool at the same time. And also, the games are probably closer to two hours than they are to three. What they're six or seven innings instead of nine, right? They are seven innings instead of nine. Yes. And yeah, it's it go it goes by quickly, very quickly. So I, I get that. If you only have like one pitching change the entire game, yeah, yeah, it's not going to yeah, materially there, affect things. There's no like warm up time or anything. You just gotta you're just going. It's just it's so fast pitch, man. They're fast, fast paced. I don't know why I said fast pitch. Well, it is. Fast I guess it is softball. fast pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so what do you think about this uh, TCU game from this week? I, man. I thought it was. It was just like every other game almost. They're competitive and they can't get the job done because of fouls and just not great shooting. I mean, you can easily look at the free throw discrepancy and the rebound discrepancy. Yeah, they got crushed on and the those are the And you can't afford to have those. You can't. Oh, so the interesting thing about uh, TCU is their it was their best shooting performance of the season. Um, well, not of season, of conference play. But they only shot better against UMass, Charleston, and Cleveland State. So this, I mean, against a this real was... opponent, this is their best field goal percentage all season. And you still can't pull it out. It's unfortunate. And so I was looking at the numbers. Uh, 50% from the foul line. They missed five. They lost Oof. by four. Green, they only took like 10 shots, which is yeah, low, still, for them, I mean, really low for them. You got to make those, man. You got to make those. And I was doing the math. It's like if they can shoot 75% on average, which is not asking a lot, uh, mm-hmm. they would only have two or three losses, depending on yeah. how you want the numbers to go. And that's. That is make or break. Granted, there's a whole thing of, well, if they were making their shots, it'd be tighter, so they'd be playing different. Yeah, but I'm just saying pure numbers, everything to where you got to make those foul shots. You should be, you should be at least 75. percent Your Division One Power Five conference, you should shoot 75 percent from the line. And so, like, I was I was looking at it. So if they were to to just do that, they would be the 61st ranked team in free throw percentage in the country, which is still good because there's what, like 300 Division One schools? Yeah, and but 64 still, of them get into the tournament, so 68. <laughs> we're, we're, you're, we're not talking to be top 10, top 20, top 50, just top 65. <laughs> you know, that's... Yeah. It, it, I don't know if I were Boyd and I'd be like, we're running and shooting foul shots for the next week. That's all you do. Period. Yeah. It's... Like, 
and I don't care. Go, go old school, you know, grainy shot between the legs. You know, the greatest foul shooter of all time in the NBA was like 97% with the granny shot. I don't care. Put it in the hoop. I don't care how stupid yeah. you look. You know what is really cool? Scoring points. Oh, yeah. That's like the best part. You got to do what you got. You got to score points. And missing free throws doesn't help. You got to make shots. And guess what? You have West Virginia coming in on Saturday, 1 p.m. into GIA, and you better hope that you're able to to beat them. You better hope that you're able to defend them properly. Yeah. Because they're going to defend you properly. They're going to – They're yes, I mean – WVU always plays great defense, uh, but they're on the struggle bus too. They're only three and seven in conference. And they are, but they're 14 and nine and they beat OSU by, by 10 at home Oof. back in not even a month ago, almost a month ago though, but they have, they are just coming off a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven game losing streak so they are they were one in seven in their last couple of games they just beat iowa state to uh end the uh seven game losing streak wow yeah it's also like how do you catch the schedule right because the big 12 is such a gauntlet maybe you go through a you know you go through the lull and the double round robin to where you're catching some of the bad teams in a row or whatever but like i just don't know what to make of this team like they're great on defense, even though they've been they weren't as efficient against TCU. But you beat Baylor. Was Baylor having a bad night, or did we win? You know, Baylor was having a bad night, hundred <laughs> percent. The way they shot, it was absolutely terrible. The way they shot, well, yeah, but some they of that is the offense. defense. I mean, they some of that is the defense, right? But and they play other teams really well. They should have beat Iowa State. I. Uh, you know, there's just these all these really tight games for the most part. Like they, for the most part, they haven't been blown out. They've been really tight, down to the wire kind of games. I'm just like, what's going on? Like, can we just not score? Is it is it bad personnel decisions? Is it coaching? Is it just a foul shooting? You know, because if you keep some games a little closer that puts pressure on, which causes, you know, ripple effects. I don't know, but I just, at least the offense is looking better. And if they can keep the defense up and this group can mostly stay together next year and not lose half the team, the transfer portal and everything, they could be really good but they need to start making strides because they're not going to have all those extra games and all those extra practices and everything else that all these teams that are going to, you know, big 12 tournament, NIT, NCAAs. I mean, that's another month of practices that they're not going to have, assuming it works like football. I mean, that is a big assumption because I don't know, but I assume it does work like football. So they got to start making strides because they've got about two and a half weeks of basketball left. I think three weeks. Something like that. Yeah, because I think that their season ends like March the 5th, so less than a month. But here's a problem that I, I don't think we're talking about. The lack of rebounding. On average, they have 35.9 rebounds per game, and the leading rebounder is a guard in Isaiah, Isaac Likely. You bring in Monte uh, Cease, 6'10", 
sophomore supposed to be this five-star guy, right? Right. He's averaging 5.5 rebounds a game. Like, what happened? Why are you doing this? He had six rebounds uh, last night, but I feel like he's supposed to be getting more rebounds than this. He should be. However, I will say this. Uh, with the game progressing more to outside shots, uh, that elicits longer rebounds in general. So, you know, the the thing of the inside guy always getting 10 boards is not as true as it used to be. He should still be getting 10, 12 boards a game. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But the fact that, you know, it is all more, much more and more about the three ball, that's going to push the rebounds farther and farther out. Uh, so, but yeah, I agree with you completely. They should not be, especially like with the way we block shots, we got interior players. I mean, I haven't looked at the numbers, but we got to be one of the top teams in block shots in the country. And we're just not there. And we should be there. We should have an inside dominating presence. And I don't know why we don't. And I don't like, again, I don't know if that's scheme, if it's, those guys down low don't have the offensive ability. But the way we play interior defense, if they can translate that at all to the offensive side of the of the court, we should be we should be scoring 65% of our points in the paint. Yep, that should be the goal. And also, I mean, in his uh, season with Memphis, where he played 28 games, he was averaging 6.3 rebounds. So, so he's not he a is... good rebounder. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm still. That's he had. He's having more now than he did, than he does currently. So that I mean, that's something that needs to be fixed. You need to be a better rebounder. Yeah. Rebounds and foul that's shots, it. man. Mm-hmm. That's it. Stinks, man. Hopefully, I mean, there. I think there's a five star guy coming in for 2022. Yeah. Uh. I can't I remember his name. Duncanville. I I think he's from Duncanville, but I don't remember his name. But I'm glad you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully they can turn around against West Virginia. Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mm. maybe and it may be just one of those things where. I mean, they've been playing a lot of basketball and for a while now, maybe the whole not being able to go to the postseason is starting to catch up with them. You know, they've had all the energy and maybe they've just, they're, they don't have that extra carrot out there to chase. And so all this energy they've expended all season and they've, they've been playing fast, frantic basketball, especially on the defensive end. I've been impressed with their energy and maybe it's just catching up with them that they don't have that extra thing to go for right um and that could be part of it maybe that's just maybe they're just fatigued and there's like well we're just gonna we're just tired coach you know it's kind of what it feels like yeah yeah that's what it that's what it looks like that's what it feels like and again i think this is this is definitely a lost season and you're going to need to step it up when it comes to the transfer portal and all of that sort of stuff because it, it's just not working. Nothing is working. Yeah, I mean, again, 
Boyton is not a great offensive coach. And I don't know what, what we do about it. Because normally, you know, and all in football, we're like, well, give you an offensive coordinator. In basketball, it's really all about the head coach, for better or for worse. You know, you never hear about a great offensive mind on the bench, you know. And I don't I don't know if uh you know, can can a tiger change his stripes, right? Like, is he is just who he is? And if he doesn't have someone like Cade, are we just going to struggle offensively for as long as he's here? You know, those are questions that I think we're going to have to start asking. And maybe it's a recruiting thing. Maybe he's recruiting his guys, but they're not the right guys for the fit. Maybe they're all, maybe they're all, you know, lions, and we need zebras i don't i don't know dude i know it's a bad analogy but maybe we're he's just recruiting the wrong type of people for the fit i don't know i i just it's really weird because normally like especially like underwood you know he was just annoying and the fact he's doing well in the big 10 just upsets me uh, but again, we had a terrible offense then, you know, Ford wasn't a great offensive guy. We just haven't had good offensive basketball in Stillwater in like 15 years. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's been really bad for a really long time. And when you don't have, you know, a Marcus Smart or a Cade Cunningham to make up for it, it burns you. And that's what's been happening for several years now. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully next season everything works out and it's magical. But I mean, granted, Boyden got the short end of the stick on this one. He got screwed. We should still be in contention for at least the NIT in the Big 12 tourney. And so I don't know, maybe this is the like the galvanizing force because I think everyone is eligible to return. Uh, there's only one guy who's graduating, I cannot remember who it is, uh, but everyone's eligible because of COVID. I think it's uh, I think, yeah. no, I think Bryce Williams is gone. I think likely he can come back, he can come back, but pretty much everyone's coming back could come back and so maybe this is like the galvanizing force that like this team yeah. rolls out is just like the team right it's yeah. not a player it's just this team next season uh i just avery, uh, avery anderson might leave he declared for the draft once he might do it again and you might mean it <laughs> who's to say yeah so you want right. to get a little little football news here Let's do it. Dive in. All right. So NFL combine coming up. Uh, we got Warren Peel and Malcolm Rodriguez heading to the combine. Uh, I don't know what the rules are for number of people that can go. I was kind of surprised that, uh, you know, a couple of our other guys didn't, didn't make the cut, but those are the three guys going to combine. What do you think? I, I was surprised about Malcolm and I was surprised about Jalen Warren. I was expecting all defensive guys to make it, but I wasn't necessarily expecting Malcolm because 
I feel like he's a guy where people will go, oh, he's too short, and rule him out. But I'm glad he is getting time in there. Will he get drafted? It, it looks like it. If he has a good um, good combine. Right now, do you want to talk about where you have everybody? Yeah, so I, I pulled different rankings because it's all pretty sparse right now. But we got uh, most mock drafts as Malcolm going round seven to the Packers. Peel round five of the Vikes, and I haven't seen anything on Warren yet, so which is interesting. So I, I figure if you're growing the combine, you at least got some kind of draft grade. So, but it's cool. Um, surprise, you know, uh, Wallace didn't get a chance, but I don't know if you can only have so many players go. I don't know what those kind of rules are. Uh, so who do you think improves their draft stock the most in Indy? I, I think it'll be Colby Harvell Peel. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind that he will be the highest guy drafted, and I think he will have a spectacular combine. However, I do think I do think Malcolm Rodriguez has a chance to uh, prove himself. But I will say this: on the CBS Sports prospect list, he uh, Colby Harvell Peel is the sixth best cornerback and that projects him at an 86 right now 86th overall so i i think that he's going to be a round three guy that's that's I huge think he's round three or four i i honestly think and as far as team choosing like whatever team he goes to is weird because i mean you never thought the packers would draft you know, Jordan Love when they had Aaron Rodgers in their back pocket. So I don't really like choosing teams when it comes to that. But, yeah, but I will say, I think Malcolm like, Rodriguez is going to the Patriots round seven. I think Malcolm is going to show up because I mean, he's had a great year. Um, and I think he's going to show up and he's one of those guys where he's going to be cheap. Oh, you know, by NFL standards, he's going to be cheap. So I could see guys kind of taking a flyer on him because he is probably going to be the old one of the oldest guys in the room. That's one thing. So you know what you're getting. He's going to be a lot more polished and refined, especially in a lot of those drills. So I think he probably moves up a round or two um, just because of that and his knowledge. And he hits like a freight train, right? Uh, he can play a couple different positions. You know, it kind of depends on what they want to do with them. But I mean, I, I think he probably has a pretty good NFL career, four, five, six years somewhere. Um, Peel, he's a ball hawk. You know, he's going to do really well. Uh, Warren, I'm really curious about because, you know, he's smaller, but he hits like a bowling ball. Uh, and the fact that he doesn't have any projections yet, at least not that I've seen, and I did some fairly in-depth research earlier today uh you know it'd be really interesting to see but he kind of reminds me of um chris carson who came on really late because i remember i was watching i don't remember the exact game but carson just ran somebody over and i leaned over my ex-wife and said he just ran himself in the nfl and i felt that with warren at times grant he was hobbled late in the season mm -hmm especially that middle stretch when he was just the bell cow breadwinner for this team. 
but like he's going to do well in the NFL. He may not be in every down back. He may even be like Chris Carson, you know, who's pretty much the guy or has been the guy in Seattle for a while now. But I think he's going to have a really good career uh, somewhere, especially because he's fast. He can catch out of the backfield, especially with the way the game is changing. So I bet you Warren comes out with like a four and a half to five round grade out of all this. I think I think it'll go around seven, much like Chris Carson. I I, I just think him being hurt for uh, that Baylor game hurt him. I think it absolutely hurt him. Right, as far but as draft stock goes, I just don't know if you can make that up in the comp, just in the combine. How many times though we've seen the combine come around and somebody we've never heard of, who had no draft prospects, all of a sudden becomes like a second rounder or a third rounder just because they show up, you know? Because he's going to run a four or five forty. You know, he's going to put out. I mean, he's fast. You I mean he's not like Tyreek fast, but he's fast. Um, you know, he's gonna, he's also older, so he's going to be really sharp in his movements and everything else. So I think he's going to do well enough. And like I said, like a lot of the scouts, uh, they don't care what they did during the season. They care about what they do at the combine in a lot of respects. So I think yeah. if he, if he shows up and is healthy, and I think that's the other question is, will he be healthy? Um, you know, he should have enough time, but, you know, injuries can linger. Uh, So if he's healthy, ready to go, I think he probably gets in that four range. Yeah, I I think it's possible. It's, it is definitely possible. I, I just, I just don't know, man. It's a weird, the combine's a weird thing. It's an absolutely weird thing because you never know what the crap it's going to come out of there because he could run his 40 and pull his hamstring. And he's done for the done for the week. Right. And there's also the whole wonder lick test thing. And I don't think they're doing that anymore. Uh, they quit doing that. That was like a big deal for a while. Yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they're doing the wonder lick test anymore because it's like racist or something. <laughs> I don't know. But so something I found interesting uh, was the relative indifference between rounds four and seven in total value so in rounds four because every you know every pick has a slot right uh for for contract Mm -hmm. so round four total value is between 3.3 and 3 million for total value of the contract round seven is 2.6 to 2.5 million uh total contract which, you know, a million dollars, well, half a million dollars, still half a million dollars, more than making like five years, but still, relatively speaking, in NFL terms, it's a really small amount of money. Like, but if you get into just get into the third round, you can make like another two million more, roughly. And the signing bonuses get really large. Um, and then you don't even want to talk about like thinking you know, first rounders, you know, number one overall pick is going to get 35 million with a $23 million signing. bonus. Yeah. No, nah, man, they make so much money. And again, you got to monitor the um, guaranteed money. So it might say that their contract is. Right. Well, that's know, what I'm saying. So the total million, value, but for they're the only guaranteed pick, like, the number yeah. one pick total value is 35 million 
and 23 million of it is a signing bonus. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that signing bonus is going to be, I mean, it's super important. It's super important. And however much money they get, they can put toward, man, so many things, their family's house, all of that, man. It's, it's an insane thing. It's just, it's just crazy how much they make. Yeah. Cause it's so much. It, so like sort of a funny story is I, I went to church with a guy who was drafted by the Cowboys in the seventies and he could make more money being a uh, high school coach than he could as a professional football player. What? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, probably could. Cause those coaches make banks sometimes, man. Yeah. So, uh, anything else you, you want to hit before we start rolling out of here for, uh, the rest of the week? Yeah. If you can find whatever the telecast for the Oklahoma state softball game is, it's got uh Brody Myers as the play-by-play guy. And he, he's a student there and he's been doing so much. Uh, that reminds so, me, if uh, you're a student listening to this, OSU Hockey is looking for an announcer. So uh, head, hit up their Twitter page if you want to get involved with that. I thought, they, I thought they already had one. They just posted something today about it. Hmm. Might just look hockey. into that. Well, wait. Uh... I don't know. No, I'm sorry I said anything. It's totally Ian's job now. Nah, you nah go go after it. Beat me for the job. I'm trying to find the their Twitter. It's their Twitter. Uh, I don't know, but if you follow me at Jacob Ingles on Twitter, I retweeted it today or yesterday. Pretty sure it's today. <laughs> but anyway, uh cowboys and cowgirls, we'll let you go for now. And uh, until Monday, uh have a good one. Be safe. Uh Happy Super Bowl weekend. Who you or who you got in the Super Bowl, man? I'm rooting for the Bengals because I thought they'd lose to the Chiefs and the Titans at this point. So I'm just gonna keep on riding with it and I'm gonna just roll on with the Bengals, man. I'm rooting for Matthew Stafford because anyone that spends that much time in Detroit just needs a hug. <laughs> I'm about to shoot. I, 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 I just think they'll be back though. I don't know if the Bengals will be back. I think the Rams would be, will be back. Well, that's the thing though, is, you know, everyone getting back is so hard. I remember when Oklahoma city lost to LeBron in the finals, right? They're like, Oh, they'll be back. Having been close. So yeah. That is true. I mean, there is no, I mean, Dan Marino went to the Super Bowl his second year and was never back. One of the greatest quarterbacks, literally of all time, never made it back. And it was on some really like getting back is hard to do. So never, never take it for granted if you're, uh, if you make it. 
And I think that's what Stafford is doing. Like right now is it just seems like he's like, all right, screw it. This is my, this might be my only real shot. I'm going to make the most of it. Uh, I don't yeah, really absolutely. care one way or the other. I don't have any real allegiances, but I just, I've always liked Stafford. And I always thought he got a raw deal because he was in a uh, Detroit. So everyone gets a raw deal when they're in Detroit, man. Yeah, it's real. just Detroit. <laughs> All right, guys, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, cowboys and cowgirls, we'll see you all next time.